This is Giancarlo. I'm the founding pastor for Victory Church, and today we are going to do our Bible study, May 8, 2018. And here in Victory Church, we are very pleased. This is Al Serrano. We have Charlotte here, and Deborah, Miss Penny, Miss Tony, and my wife Tracy. So we hope that everyone, everyone is happy, uh, enjoying a good evening. Beautiful weather is going great. And now we are going to, to read the scripture in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Genesis 19, 30-38 Lot was afraid to stay in Zoar. So he and his two daughters went to live in the mountains in a cave. One day the older daughter said to the younger, Everywhere on the earth, men and women marry and have a family but our father is old and there are no men around here to give us children so let's get our father drunk with wine then we can have sex with him that way we can use our father to keep our family alive that night the two girls went to their father and got him drunk with wine then the older daughter went and had sexual relations with him. He did not even know when she came to bed or when she got up. The next day, the older daughter said to the younger daughter, Last night, I went to bed with my father. Let's get him drunk with wine again tonight. Then you can go and have sex with him. In this way, we can use our father to have children and our family will not come to an end so that night the two girls got their father drunk with wine then the younger daughter went and had sexual relations with him again lot did not know when she came to bed or when she got up both of lot's daughters became pregnant their father was the father of their babies the older daughter gave birth to a son. She named him Moab. Moab is the ancestor of all the Moabites living today. The younger daughter also gave birth to a son. She named him Ben-Ami. Ben-Ami is the ancestor of all the Ammonites living today. Well, this is a pretty interesting story and there are so many things that I would like to share with you today and um, what lesson are we today 34 and what is the title of this lesson protecting our kids and youth protecting our kids and youth and that is what we are going to discuss tonight if you are in your home watching this show I will invite you to perhaps uh, bring in somebody else to listen to to this uh, Bible study, or perhaps you want to share this with somebody, please go ahead. Uh, that would be great. You can uh, probably copy the link that you find on your on your phone or your computer, and take it from there, and share with somebody else. At the same time, we want to invite our viewers on Roku, my Victory Roku channel. We are live also there, and uh, hopefully. You are having a, a good time, a good connection tonight with us. Wonderful. Important things to 
understand here. <clears throat> it's how the influence of, of people will affect our behavior, right? Mm -hmm. So all of us, we were raised in certain uh, culture in our homes, right? And we were impacted by that. Uh, probably you were raised in a home that uh, your parents were very loving and very caring. More likely you are loving and caring. Right? Unfortunately, not all homes are like that, right? Well, this story is the story of somebody that was involved in a very evil environment. You know, if you remember the, the, the Bible study from last week, we read that uh, the Lord decided to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of the evil things they were doing. You remember? So at this point, we know that Lot and uh, his daughters, they were running away, trying to find a new opportunity for their lives. Just the three of them because the wife was gone. Right, she was looking at the at the towns when the the angel said, "You don't look behind." Right, just and it's interesting because when we believers are in in a, in the right path, we should stop looking behind. You know, it's just look to the future all the time. Look to the future. Anyway, people with bad habits and and bad behavior will affect those around them. And, of course, that happens also with good people. But I would like to share with you this passage in Psalm 36, from the verse 1 through the verse 4. It says, Deep in the hearts of the wicked, a voice tells them to do wrong. They have no respect for God. They lie to themselves. They don't see their own faults. So they are not sorry for what they do. Their words are wicked lies. They have stopped doing anything wise or good. They make wicked plans in bed at night. They choose a way of life that does no good. And they never say no <laughs> to anything evil. And that explains why so many people in our communities are just going in the wrong direction, right? They, they don't have any conscience. They just go and doing wrong things. And why I mention this here? Because how in the world can you explain that two daughters could think, let's do this with our father? I mean, you are talking about people that are really affected mentally, right? Alcohol and drugs will always lead to a bad path. Listen to this scripture, Proverbs 30, 23, 35. You will say, speaking about drinking, right? You will say, they hit me, but I never felt it. They beat me, but I don't remember it. Now, I can't wake up. I need another drink. And... Uh, uh, some people say, well, the Lord Jesus transformed water in wine, so it's okay for me to drink, right? A lot of people say that. 
The Bible says that. Hmm? About the water wines. Right. right. The other point. <laughs> <laughs> so some people say, it's okay for me to drink. Uh, I will not argue about that. But what I will argue is what happens with people when they are drunk. It's just awful. It's awful. Uh, I have uh, some friends that uh, share with me stories of an uncle or somebody else that used to be so fun and generous when he was drunk. <laughs> yes, it's true. True story. So this friend of mine said to me, you know, I was a little girl. And a little, you know, we were kids in our family and we just loved to hang out about uncle such and such because he was such a happy guy. <laughs> <laughs> so giving. So giving, you know. And until later in life, I realized that he was drunk. <laughs> right. Well, it's true. Some people can behave that way. But most people, when they are drunk, it is just awful. It is awful. And they say exactly this. When I, now I can't wake up, I need another drink. There is no difference between alcohol and drugs. Both things are going to affect the way of thinking of an individual and uh, eventually family around those individuals are going to suffer right that is what they felt this these two girls said let's get him drunk so he will be totally unaware of what was happening right okay but i have a question here is a tough question but the question is how many homes have serious issues with individuals having a horrible behavior in their sexual life. You know, when you think about people that have been abused in their childhood, wow, that is devastating. And uh, maybe some of us lived experiences like that, but perhaps if you are listening or watching this broadcast, Maybe you are one of those individuals that you lived an experience like that. You were just a little boy or a little girl, and somebody abused you. And uh, how that affected your life, your, your real um, self-image. So, so many people go in the wrong path precisely for that kind of abuse, right? And... Uh, you know, sometimes people think that happens only to, to girls. You know, the such and such person in the family abused her because she, she's a little girl. But unfortunately, that applies also to boys. And there aren't too many men out there. You never know what happened really in the life of individuals in that, in that particular regard. And it's sad. It's very sad. So many homes. And... Uh, well, I assume that right now the audience are adults. They are not little kids that they don't know what they are doing. Let me see if I can hear this pastor, an eight-year-old kid. No. <laughs> if you are listening, you are an adult. And uh, I want to tell you something. In precisely about uh, the intimacy of each couple, you know, it's so important to have the right place to do what they, whatever they're going to do and be aware of the presence of kids and... Uh, in other in instances, um, sometimes it's it's a it's a good idea to to supervise what's going on in certain homes when there is just one adult with kids, because you you never know. 
you have to be just careful about it. I think in general, anyone could be uh, affected by that. And, but individuals that are looking for doing the right thing in life, they are not going to behave that way, right? We are not going to do something like that with little ones. We, we want to protect them. And that is precisely what we are talking tonight. The title of this message is Protecting Our Kids and Youth. Because if we don't talk about these things, we will not think about these things, and eventually we will not do what we are supposed to do in our homes. And uh, there are many families that are struggling with things like this. Somebody is abusing spouses or, you know, in these days, so many couples are not married and they share the same bed. And you know, it's, it's entirely to each couple to make a decision about getting married or not. You know, that's none of my business. <laughs> it's, it's every couple's business. But... Uh, I think it's, it's something that we need to consider because kids are innocent and we adults are the ones that should be responsible for that. Always checking what's going on with that kid, what's going on with that girl, what's going on with that boy, little boy. And uh, you know, they say that when there is an abuser, it's always a person that is close to the kids. And, and People say, I never thought that he will do such a thing to the kids, right? Have you heard that? And some people say, I never thought that she will do such a thing to the kids. So it, it is tricky, friends. It is tricky. But as good Christians, we need to take this issue into consideration and be careful about it because it is sad. It is sad. You know what? Uh, Abraham and his nephew Lot started a, a great relationship. Think about how all this started. You remember the Lord called Abraham? In those days, Abraham, not Abraham yet. The Lord called him and said, I want you to leave the, the land where your parents live because I'm going to, to show you a new land, the promised land, right? And he brought Lot with, uh, with himself and his family. You remember, right? So Lot, the nephew, followed Abraham. And he saw any number of experiences in his uncle's life. He saw that the Lord spoke to Abraham in many ways, many times. He saw the result of those conversations. He saw what happened in Abraham's life in the blessings that Abraham was getting, you know, not just with uh, with money and material stuff, but protection, the multiplication of many things in the life of Abraham. He saw that even the Lord fulfilled um, the promise <coughs> with with a new child. I mean, Lot saw many wonderful things in his uncle's life. But look how he ended it. It is sad. Think about it. Somebody that was a witness of an example of life ending in this way. What that, is, what that tells us. Tells us that even though 
we have the opportunity to make an influence in people, and even if they are close to us, there are ones that are going to, to decide, no, I, I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks, right? And that, that is, it's sad. But I know that if you are listening now, you are, number one, considering this first aspect that I mentioned about the kids. Always be aware about the kids, what's going on with our kids, where they are sleeping. You know, this is sleeping over, you know, spending nights somewhere else. Kids, woof, that's dangerous. That's something that we need to watch. Because you never know what's going on in those homes. I remember when we were raising our little ones, I always agreed to to have the kids spending the night somewhere else, right? But I knew the parents. I knew what kind of family where the kids were going to spend the night. And I always preferred the other kids will come to spend the night in my home <laughs> because I knew that they will be safe, right? They will eat the right thing. They will be in bed at the right time, you know? Accordingly with their ages, right? It's our it's our duty to take care of that, and, and perhaps through that we can make an influence in the life of others. But uh, some people simply are just uh, hurting, and uh, I want to reach out now to whoever is listening, thinking, you know what? I I am pretty messed up. You have no idea the kind of things that I lived in my life when I was a little kid, when I was young. You, you have no idea the kind of abuse that I lived. And, uh, and perhaps that's, that explains why I am the way that I am. Since you brought it up, what can I do? What can I do? If you are thinking that way, I want, I want to share with you some things that you can do. The most important thing that you should do is to forgive whoever abused you. You have to forgive that individual. And from the bottom of your heart say, I will not hold you accountable for what you did to me. I want to let it go. I will not think about it anymore. And uh, I'm going to just let it go. That's the first thing to do if you suffered any kind of abuse. Just forgive from the bottom of your heart. The second thing, you need to be restored. What is the meaning of restoration? Well, imagine. Imagine a piece of furniture like this chair. This is a brand new chair. It doesn't have any, any issues. But if there is a, a piece of a chair, a piece of furniture like that, that it is pretty messed up, Rest, restoring that piece of furniture means that you will need probably to rip it up to take the fabric and uh, disassemble the thing and put it together again. And that is what the Lord will do in our lives. And He can do it. And it's not an easy job. And it's, it's not, it doesn't happen from one moment to the other. But there is hope always in the name of the Lord Jesus. You can be restored. You can have access to a new life. And you, and you could be that restored person that was the original plan for your life to begin with. The Lord had a plan for you and things happened and unexplainably. And 
as we forgive them, we just think, okay, I'm going to move forward. I need to be restored. So how do we allow the Lord to restore us? First of all, we need to, to let Him change our hearts. I want to read for you this passage in Acts chapter 2, verse 28. It says, change your hearts and lives and be baptized each one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Then God will forgive your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Changing our hearts is the key. For those who are hurting uh, and kind of hating people for what happened in their childhood, remember step number one, we forgive those individuals that hurt us, right? Once we forgive them, and then we say, Lord, I'm willing to change my heart. Help me to see things the way that you see things, Lord. I need to learn to see life the way that you see life. And how is what how how is what the Lord sees? How the Lord sees life? You know, his his lens, number one is a, is a lens of love and mercy and compassion, kindness. That is the lens that the Lord uses to see us through compassion, mercy, kindness. So we need to see people that way. We just we need to see everybody exactly through that lens. It's like, I'm going to be merciful, compassionate, and kind. <sighs> but that hurts. Of course, it hurts. It hurts because it's not easy. When we, when we get hurt, it's like, oh gosh, I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to leave this experience again. I, I don't like this thing, right? It's not easy, but it's not impossible. Changing our hearts is the first thing that we read here in Acts chapter 2, 28. And then it says, be baptized. Be baptized. And I want to talk to you for a moment about the importance of getting baptized because it is essential for the restoration of your life. Why? Some people will say, why is essential? Well, because the Lord Jesus gave us that commandment. He says, I want you to go and make disciples and baptize them and teach them everything I taught you. So there are three steps there. Becoming a believer and then being baptized and then becoming a disciple. You understand? Three steps. Becoming a believer being baptized, and then becoming a disciple. When you get baptized, you are being obedient to the Lord Jesus' commandment. And that will take you in the right path. Because once you, you accept that you need to be baptized, you know, the baptism itself is just immersion in water. We all know that. But what is happening is, theoretically, because it doesn't happen to everybody, but theoretically, the individual getting baptized, it's, it's acknowledging in public his faith in the name of Jesus, and also being incorporated to a church, to a congregation. So theoretically, the individual getting baptized is going to connect with the church and start to participate actively in a very active way with the church. And there is going to start learning the principles that the Bible teaches us. When you get baptized, remember, you change your heart, you forgave whoever offended you, 
and then you change your heart you say I need you Lord you get baptized you are saying I'm not gonna do things my way let me repeat that you will say I'm not going to do things my way I'm going to do things the <clears throat> Lord's way I want to do what the Lord wants me to do the way that he wants me to do things that changes everything in your life you are going to be really uh, a peaceful person somebody that carries peace everywhere you go and also joy because you are not battling anymore that constant fight of I want to do what I want to do you will just say I will do whatever the Lord wants me to do surrendering that's why baptizing is so important and uh, obviously when you are connected to a church you have the opportunity to to learn things and also to offer good things because I am sure that you have wonderful gifts and talents and the Lord wants you to use them for his glory do you paint do you write Do you sing do you play an instrument do you teach do you cook are you good with carpentry are you good with welding are you good in drawing do you like kids do you like teenagers do you like uh, to work with technology how many departments in any church need volunteers when you start volunteering then you will start kind of mingling with them and then is when the the most amazing experience is going to happen to you you will become part of the church for real not just someone coming to sit down and listen the lesson or whatever but somebody that is participating in a very active way and I guarantee you, your life is going to be absolutely different. You, you will find peace and joy in your heart by doing that. So that is what I want to share with you. And uh, from Victory Church, we wish to everybody right here in the church and to our listeners and viewers a beautiful night. And see you later. Good night.